Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages zero to eight. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood experts, Rachel Robertson and Claire Goss, and make the most out of every chance to teach play and love. Separation anxiety can be very emotional. Kids show us very clearly when they are upset about being left with another caregiver. Meanwhile, we as parents are feeling anger, sadness, guilt, confusion, It's so much to navigate. While it's hard to leave when your child is crying or asking you to stay, there are some strategies you can use to prepare your child and yourself for these tough moments. Join Rachel and Claire as they discuss this very normal but difficult milestone and how to make see you later a little bit easier for both you and your child. Hey Claire, we are back again to talk about another important topic and this one is kind of emotional. Yeah, it is. This is something that causes a lot of really big feelings in adults and in kids. We're going to talk about separation anxiety. And I think a lot of parents have experienced this at some point with their kids being young. And I I actually used to call it separation rage Mm. because one of my kids would get so absolutely irate when I would drop him off with his caregiver. Just not not sad. Anger is what I saw. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my kids are 19 and almost 24, and I still remember those days. I was working in childcare when my oldest, well, she was about 11 months, which is prime time for separation anxiety, when I started in a early care and education program, and I was in the building, so I could hear her. And I would just say, can somebody please do something? I couldn't concentrate. I could hear other children crying, and I could attend to them, and I could go through that, and I could care for them and have empathy for those children but hearing my own daughter and I could hear her cry I could pick it out of course and I would just couldn't even function I couldn't focus on anything and as much as I knew about development and how normal that was I was convinced that what am I doing with my life why am I doing this and then I remember with my um, younger daughter I was more prepared for it okay here's what we're going to do we're going to have a strategy we're not going to start at 11 months that is not the right thing to do And um, it's still, I still went through things with her. They were different. I didn't work in the building anymore, but we, she still had that. And and we, we worked through some tricks. So yeah, so all this to say that this is really emotional, so emotional that I remember it two decades later. Yeah. And I want to, I think it's important to start this conversation by normalizing it. Mm -hmm. If you are going through this right now, or you're worried it's about, it's brewing, because sometimes you can see it brewing. There's nothing wrong with your child. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your relationship. In fact, in many cases, we'll talk about this. It's actually a really good sign yeah, that you've got a is. good relationship yep. with your child. But let's let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about why this is happening developmentally. What do we know about kids when separation anxiety starts? So babies, at first, they don't understand they're a whole person all by themselves. Mm-hmm. So that first they have to figure that out. And they do start to figure that out. I am a person. I have hands. I have feet. I can think things. I can see things. So they start to really figure out the world a little bit. And one of the things they start to learn about four to six months starts to evolve is this thing called object permanence. And object permanence means something exists even though you can't see it. So you can test this if your child can do this by hiding, maybe you're playing with a toy and you hide it under a blanket or behind your back. And if they're looking for it, 
they know it still exists. It's yes. a really simple way to find out if they have that object permanent skill, but that means that they know you still exist even though they can't see you. Yeah, that, that's when the trouble really starts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so there's good development happening, it's a good thing, it's but great, it does yeah. lead to this really emotional situation. It's a wonderful milestone. It's one of those lesser known milestones mm -hmm. that folks mm -hmm. don't realize is happening. So we see it around, we can see like a flare of separation anxiety around four or five months old. Then we get another round, sometimes around like late in that first year, around nine, 10, 11, 12 months old. And then maybe even again around 15 to 18 yeah. months old. And then maybe even again <laughs> around two and a half yeah. to three years old. It doesn't sometimes stop for a while. I know, and yeah. there are reasons for that. There's really big brain bursting things happening. Cognitive development is bursting at those times. Social emotional development is happening at those times. Those are also um, Barry Brazelton called them touch points in mm -hmm. development when kids' independence is bursting, right? So that's why they, they really are anxious. They're, they're excited that they're growing these new skills, but it's also scary for mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. and it can be overwhelming. Yep, it They get a little scattered, they get a little disorganized and separation anxiety is sometimes one of the ways that that dysregulation mm -hmm. comes out. Yeah, I think one of the pieces of uh, to keep in mind in separation anxiety is they, they are telling you, they're communicating in the way they have available to them. that They're not real thrilled with this situation, especially when it's new. That's when it happens, when they're uncomfortable, they don't know the situation. Mm -hmm. You, as a parent, hopefully are feeling very confident in the caregiving and you know that they're going to be safe and well cared for. They're, they're not, they didn't get to check, they didn't get to weigh in on what they're gonna do with their day and they have very few tools available to them to get their needs met. Yeah. And when they're nine to 12 months old, crying is one of the yeah. main ways that they get their needs met. So that's what they're going to do. And that, again, they can't talk, they can't say things out loud. They can't say, well, can you just tell me about this day? When are you gonna be back? I don't, I'm gonna watch my clock. They don't, yeah. they can't do any of that stuff. They can't stuff. tell time, yeah. And, and they can't tell time, That's they can't tell what's gonna happen with the day. So until until they have some structure, routine, and predictability, which, which they will get, mm -hmm. they're going to be a little anxious and nervous about it. But yeah. there are things we can do to make it feel better, not go away, but feel better for both child and parent. Yeah, and let's talk about quickly before we move on to some of those strategies. I don't wanna gloss over how tough this is for the parents right. involved. This is heartbreaking. I can actually feel it in my body. Mm -hmm. I can, a visual and physical memory of that, of like the classroom door closing behind me and hearing my child yeah. cry, just like you described, Rachel. So um, you may feel really guilty about this, right? You might be wondering, I think we've all had this feeling. Am I making a terrible mistake? I should never have left them there or I should never have gone back to work if you've been on a maternity or paternity leave. And I remember, um, I mentioned Barry Brazelton earlier. He, Dr. Barry Brazelton is a really famous pediatrician. He spent a lot of his career studying um, kids in childcare and what quality childcare should look like. And he always talked in his books about um, those strong reactions that parents and babies and toddlers are having is actually due to the extremely passionate relationship mm -hmm. that you have with your little one. And that always made me feel better. Yeah. Like it is, it's this like love affair that you're having with this little person. It, it's just, it's sometimes it's difficult and challenging, but there's attachment there. And attachment theory, we could do a whole separate podcast on attachment theory, but bottom line is it feels terrible, but it's actually a good thing. You're ha you just love this little child so much and they right. love you so much. So go from there. You're gonna feel guilty, you're gonna feel upset, but go back to that feeling of this is happening because we love each other so much. We have such a strong relationship. That attachment is so important. We want that. It's critical for every other life skill for, for them in life. 
And yeah, you're their, you're their person. Mm -hmm. You are their person. You're a sure thing for them. Yes. And so they don't want to be separated from you. Yeah. doesn't mean being separated from you is a bad thing. Yeah. It just means they don't want that. And that's a good thing that yes. you're, you're, you're a sure thing in their life and they don't have a lot of those. So they're, <laughs> they are, they are really attached to you. And that again, it's just such a marvelous, wonderful thing to just celebrate that attachment. Mm -hmm. And then it makes some other things hard. Good things in life make other that's things hard. Right. That's right. So now that we've established that everyone feels terrible, <laughs> but it's okay because everyone loves each other. Right, right. What let's, what do we do? What, what are some strategies if you, if, and I know you've been in this situation as a child yes. care provider, when a parent is struggling with this, what, what, what do we, what do we do? What do we say? I do a lot of the same things with parents that I have given advice about parents to do with children is prepare, talk about it ahead of time. This is probably going to happen. What are we going to do? Let's practice this scenario. Let's walk through. How do you like to drop off your child? Would you like a teacher to come and help you with that? Or do you want a private moment by yourself? Do you want a couple minutes? Do you need someone to come and intervene because you're not going to be able to do it on your own? <laughs> Yeah. Do you want me to meet you outside the door? I used to wait for parents a lot of times outside the door when I was a director to say, okay, you got it, you did it, you did it, and then talk to them about it and process the situation because a lot of parents want to go back in that room. Um, and that it's a tr that's a tricky thing to do that we would really advise against because it, it extends the problem. You will continue to have separation anxiety maybe a little longer that day, but even longer in time. Mm -hmm. It also reinforces your child's concern if you keep going back in. Yes. So, and they can pick up on your feelings. So you're gonna really all keep it, keep, as long as you can, keep it really positive and then get out of that room because they're learning from you. You are their sure thing. And if you look nervous, if you feel nervous, if you're projecting a lot of nerves and anxiety and worry and getting really upset in front of them, they are going to wonder like, what kind of place is she dropping me off at? <laughs> That's right. Why is he leaving me here if he's so upset about it? So they get that sense. Of course, they can't articulate that, but you want to project that really positive feeling about it. Be really loving, have routines and rituals, mm -hmm. try to do it at the same time of day, the same rituals, the same routine. Those things are so important because then the child starts to get comfortable, has some control, can predict what's going to happen. Have some little routines like my, um, you can do the routines in the morning and, and some parents this is really hard for because they're not really routine people, but this is critical for yeah, when your child is going through separation anxiety because they know, okay, this happens and then that happens and then that happens and they can, that feels much more comfortable. One of the things I did with my daughter is I got my youngest daughter, we got the, uh, the teachers in on it and she saw that parents were signing in in, in those times you had to sign in paper, like how their morning was, what they had for breakfast, how they slept. And she saw me doing that every day. So I'm not sure, I don't remember how we did it, but we gave her a clipboard and some paper and pen. And so she did her own little note every day and then she was fine. It took us a while to figure that out. But as soon as we figured that out, she was fine and she could go into the room. That we also knew that she started to predict when I would get there by one of the teachers going home. So when uh. Holly left for the day, mom had to be there and otherwise things would go awry <laughs> and that's what we just had to, I just had to work my schedule around that for a while yeah. because she started that was her cue until she started to get more comfortable and confident so that routine and that ritual and I just had to work through it and really give her that patience and grace if I would have tried to rush her through it it would have taken a lot more time to get through that stage my, one of the, the son that I referenced at the beginning who, who would have his separation uh, anger, his separation rage, mm -hmm. he, uh, he was about two, two and a half, so like just, just exactly the right age for some separation anxiety. Yeah. He had been with caregivers his whole life, right? I'd always worked. 
was one of those mystifying things. All of a sudden, one day, you know, middle of November, December, he'd already been going to this place for months. He decides this is terrible. He starts screaming, crying, throwing himself on the floor. So I did a couple things. I did the ritual, like you said, I, I would walk, it was the kind of school we would walk into the classroom and I would hang up his backpack, hang up his coat, and I'd say, okay, time for two, I think it was two hugs and a kiss, or two mm -hmm. kisses and a hug. Mm -hmm. And you get to pick where your two kisses are. So I give him a little bit of control. But when those two kisses were done, maybe it was the nose and the cheek or the chin and the forehead, something silly, mm -hmm. I was gone. Have a great day, I love you, bye. And I would walk out. And, I, and then a few weeks later, I, I realized things were getting easier. It does take a little while. It's not mm -hmm. an automatic fix. You do yep. this ritual day after day. And, it, the, and I realized, I, you know, I think I called or emailed the teacher and said, I've noticed that drop-off's been going a lot better. She said, yep, yeah, your ritual's working great. And after that, I asked him if he wants to help me make a photocopy or he wants to turn the classroom lights on and off. Mm. So she gives him something to do, in the, like a little job yes. in the classroom. Almost like, oh, guess what? I need your help right away. And you get to pick what you're doing to help. I, I just, I really need your help, Charlie. Mm -hmm. I just, what are we going to do about this? I can't figure out how to turn the lights on and off. She'd yeah. be silly with him. She'd play with him. And he got to somehow manipulate something in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And then he was fine. That's a great strategy. So fine. Yep. That was it. And it was no, no bother to her to spend an extra, you know, minute with him after all the hysterics that had been happening for weeks right, before right. that. So work with your teacher, work with your child yeah. care provider, no matter who it is, if it's, um, you know, they will want to partner with you on this. They don't, they don't want your child to be upset, obviously. They don't want you to be upset. And they will, if they've got, they've got tools probably that you don't even realize they have. So yeah. talk to them, communicate with them, partner with them in this. You don't have to do it by yourself. Yeah, that's a good one. And a lot, that's a really good strategy that a lot of teachers use is to occupy that child right away and in something that they're going to enjoy and that they feel powerful and that they're contributing. We need you here, Charlie. Right. That's what it says to him right, right. away. And we appreciate you. This is your place. Yes. You belong here. So we that absolutely figuring that out with a teacher. And every child's going to have a different thing. Some children need to say, in the window to yeah. wave goodbye. Some children want to go right to read a book and it's a special book that the teacher has set aside for them every morning, whatever it is. And on that note of books, I would say find a book that models this situation and talk it through. You can even practice it. I ha we had a book that I read with my children and it was about separation and it showed what the children were doing during the day and what a parent was doing during the day. So yeah. they could hear about my day too. Like, And then we would talk about it. We'd have a conversation about it. We'd practice a little bit. I think the other couple things I would say is ease into this. So if you're feeling a sense of that your child is going to have these feelings or they're the age that it's normal that they're going to have these feelings, don't go right into a 10-hour day. Spend some time making sure you have them stay maybe with a family member or a neighbor, whoever mm -hmm. you trust and feel good about for short bits of time and build that up a little bit. Every child care program, early care and education program is going to allow you to ease in. They're going to encourage that. If they're a good program that they would say, yeah, absolutely. Do half day this for three days and then work up to it, whatever works for you. So thinking about easing in and then so important, don't sneak out. Yeah. Do not don't sneak, sneak out, out. <laughs> because what you're 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 making them more nervous because they keep their eyes off you or they let go of you they don't know what's going to happen you're telling them you are unpredictable <laughs> if they don't latch on so and they will notice parents think they won't notice because they oh they're occupied I'll just sneak out here but they will notice and then they Never will works. have a feeling where they can't trust the situation and they can't trust the routine and the drop off so as tempting as it is to do it it's so much better not to not to do that sneaky thing yeah and you mentioned this earlier but I'm going to reiterate 
try to stay really upbeat during the drop-off, even if on the inside you are crumbling because you, you're you sad. Like I said, your child's having these feelings, but you're probably also having your own feelings about leaving this little person behind and going on your day. So try to stay upbeat and positive during the goodbye. Like, even if it means that really fake smile on your face, mm-hmm. like just keep it, keep, keep your energy up. And then after you leave, you can go to your car and, and, and have a cry. <laughs> yeah. call, your, call your partner, call a friend. <laughs> Yeah. And, and ball your eyes out, but try to try to keep it upbeat for your child. Yeah, and I, I think really important is there is no research, zero, that shows harm in a child attending high quality early care and education. That's right. High quality is important, absolutely. There's nothing is actually very beneficial for children. So. If you're spending that time thinking, oh, what, what's wrong with me? Why am I putting myself first? You could try to let go of that and put those things aside. Don't judge yourself in this situation. This is a normal situation, a developmental stage that all children are going to go through. You going to work, you doing the things that support your family, provide for your family, allow you to be a role model for your children mm-hmm. are not the problem. That's right. I remember my that youngest child, I was traveling, so I traveled and I dealt with a lot of that guilt too. I was like, and now I'm traveling on top of working, I'm leaving them for that. And one time I got on the phone with her and she said, mama, why do you leave me? Oh. And I'm like, oh, oh no. good question, why do I? And I did go in the hallway and had a good cry about it. But I spent some time going, you know, why do I? And I came to the conclusion that I'm doing really important work that I love. I'm a single mother to two daughters. I want to show them how this is done and that we can do this together. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of how they're turning out as, as two young women in the world. And I think I'm going to take a little credit for some of that. And that <laughs> you should. Some of that where I just powered through and said, I'm going to role model this is worked out in the long run. In the sh- in, when she was two and saying that to me, it was terrible. When she's 19 years old and independent out in the world, it's great. I know. I need to just tell our listeners that Rachel and I both have had tears in our eyes thinking about our children <laughs> being left at childcare. So yep. this is not easy. And we work in childcare and it is still yeah. hard to think about leaving these people behind during the day because we do love them so much. We are so attached to them. Yep. But that's a good thing. So good thing. keeping in mind separation anxiety is normal. Worrying about separation, it's a developmental milestone. You could even celebrate it a little bit if you can find that in yourself to prepare for it, to practice, to work with your caregiver, to not turn it into something about you and a negative as a parent, but this is just something you're gonna get through together and it's positive for everybody in the long run. While separation anxiety can be tough for both parents and children, it's reassuring to know it happens because we love each other so very much. Establishing daily routines and rituals paired with patience and grace will help your child trust the process And you can find comfort in knowing that your child is in good hands, even on the most difficult days. For more expert guidance on early childhood development, check out our family resources at brighthorizons.com. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Teach, Play, Love. And discover parenting as the joy it was meant to be.